Welcome to Real Native Roots, Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots. Hello, everyone. How are you doing out there? I am checking in. Just wanted to just check in with you all before I introduce our guests. I, I really hope you all are taking care of yourselves during this time and your family and just, um, you know, adjusting to this sort of new normal I wanted to share a milestone with you all. First of all, just a hat. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for following and supporting and sharing. I, um, if those of you that are following me on Facebook, I have a, a webpage for Real Native Roots, and I also have one on Instagram. And I had shared over the weekend, this past weekend, that I got a milestone um, for the um, platform that holds the podcast, um, Podbean. Anyway, they had sent me a little badge saying that I had a thousand downloads. I was so excited. I mean, for me, that was a big deal because I did not even imagine that happening. So I'm super just thankful and just happy. And it just, just confirms like, you know, just jump in, just do, do it, you know, and you just never know what will unfold. And I will have to say that I've been loving it. I've been loving, loving, loving this journey because it's making me reconnect with people that I really respect. It's also, um, even putting light on what I thought I understood or what I know. And as you all know, as we get older, we see things a little differently, we hear things differently, and we actually practice things differently. So these stories have also been really good medicine for me and where I'm at in my life. And so I've been loving it. And I just also want to thank those of you that do email me and people text me and tell me, oh my God, I love this story. Or, oh my gosh, I love this guest speaker. This is what it did for me. So that just really brings joy to my to my, my day, it just confirms, you know, my joy is the service, whatever service I'm doing to, to this world, to this space. So that's a little update for me and, um, continue to share and thank you. And if also, if you know of anyone that you think would be ideal in terms of a guest, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. So with that, our next guest, you all are like, get on with the show, Vicky. <laughs> so, all right, this next guest, um, my gosh, I'm, I'm closing my eyes and just going to give you a description of how I see her. This is how I see her. I see her as graceful. When you think of graceful, that this is who she is. She's graceful, very mindful. I feel like she's very mindful. And I, when I'm with her, I always feel like she really practices good presence I feel like she really listens and she really hears and she's really with me. And you don't really get that a lot when you're talking with people because they're looking at their phone or they're just distracted. But she really holds this presence of just listening and she's very graceful, a beautiful woman. And I met her actually, uh, geez, I don't know, a couple, maybe at least four years ago. We were both hired as um different facilitators and content um, trainers for a cohort of leaders who they were trying to build and build their skills and knowledge in a very holistic view, you know, having them understand, you know, uh, 
their finances, how to negotiate. And, you know, so our guest, when she spoke, I didn't really know her. I knew she was a, she was a, one of the presenters and I was a presenter after her, but I came in early because I wanted to hear what the other folks, what their medicine was. And when she spoke, I was like, just intrigued. I had never heard of what she was talking about. And she was talking about health and about our bodies and how our bodies hold like memories from like generation back and, and why our bodies um, don't process certain foods uh, the way they should because of what our, our relatives, um, what they were eating. Anyway, she talked about it and how it led to di- you know, the diabetes issue. And it was just intriguing. That was what I was like, oh my God, I, I want to get to know her. I want to learn more. And then the other thing that she doesn't know, um, maybe she does, that she had shared with the group and I just fell in love with it is how she broke down the Diné language. Something as simple as, you know, roughly translated into English is hello. Um, in, in our Diné language is yate. She, like something that simple, she broke it down and really made sure people understood what that meant. And I really appreciated that. I was like, wow. And, and anyway, so that's how I met her. And then we've, you know, would see each other every year um, for, with a new cohort. And, you know, we got to know each other and just stayed in touch. And as I've been telling you all through the journey, her name came to me. I'm like, I, I got to have her on here because uh, her other background is in health. She's been doing this sort of work in the health arena for definitely over 20, 20 plus years. And so um, she's been in different places at the community level, you know, um, tribal, you know, state, regional. So she's been in different places of what that means. And I thought it would be wonderful for her to talk to us um, a little bit about health, um, balance, love, finding your center sort of thing. And um, she's also an entrepreneurial. So, you know, that's like bonus here. <laughs> anyway, very culturally grounded, an amazing woman. I know you well, really enjoy hearing from her. So our guest uh, for this month is Evelina Maho, and I like to call her Evie. So hello, how are you? Thank you for being here. Hi, everyone. Hi, Vicki. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. So, um, where, well, are you, where are you calling I from? <laughs> I know you're excited. So, where are you coming? Where are you calling from? But I'll just say, folks, she's a little nervous. So am I. And I'm like, I think I'm feeling your your nerves a little bit. So, we'll just kind of shake it off. I'm shaking it off here. <laughs> so, tell us uh, where are you calling from to give us a little sense of uh, more about who you are. I gave sort of a high level, you know, feel of who you are. Sure. I'm calling in from Cuba City, Arizona, um, northern part of Arizona, and um, on the Navajo Reservation. It's located on the western part of Navajo. Um, and um, first off, I want to just congratulate you. Congratulations on a milestone you've reached. What an accomplishment. It, it takes a lot of work, um, research. Um, collaboration with, with a lot of folks to 
to do what you do. So I, I commend you and I'm so proud of your accomplishments. So I first want to make sure that, that you, you know that I'm always going to support you. And I'm very proud of you. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So I, um, I am from the Coyote Pass People clan and I'm born for Zuni Edgewater. My maternal grandfather's clan are from the Rock Gap clan. And then my paternal grandfather's clans are from the Towering House clan. So in Navajo, that's my decision to Adonask as a Kapaho, but that's a change. But excuse me, that's a trade of Kia Ani Goe Dasinala. And um, that's who I am. I, I come from the Coyote Pass clan. Um, and my clan originated actually, um, story goes, it's not one of the original clans of Navajo. Um, we were adopted into the, to the, to the tribe. Um, but we, when we arrived to the tribe, we came through the path of the, the coyote trail. And, and so um, that's how we got the clan. My maternal lineage, my clan family, um, um, when I was born, was, was in the region where it's called the Nepetor. Um, in English, that's translated as the people's water. And um, that's actually located um, east of Tuba City. Um, as you're driving towards Window Rock, which is the capital of Navajo Nation, um, you'll you'll see past Comine Mesa, Hell Mesa, Comine Mesa. Um, you'll you'll get to a very very remote rural community, um, and it's um, called Denebito. Not far from there is Hard Rock Chapter, and of course the Denebito Trading Post. Um, Hard Rock Chapter and all of those little small establishments there, the school. Um, if you ever get a chance, stop by and visit the Rocky Ridge Trading Post. I think um, the owner there is amazing. She comes from her own community and um, provides great service even through tough times as we live today. Um, that is where I am originally, originally from. In the early 1970s, my family um, agreed to relocate due to um, relocation and land conflict between our neighboring tribes. Um, you know, our peoples have lived peacefully for many years, but because of intervention of, of our um, neighbors, sometimes it, it created conflict and, of course, land disputes. So um, my clan then... Um, Various members of our families had agreed to live and relocate to different parts of Arizona and in some cases like up in Utah or other parts of the western states. Um, and so um, I am, you know, I, I'd like to say that I am a survivor of relocation. <laughs> and so my family, my parents decided to relocate to, to the city um, and they relocated actually to their own um, family members, they're my father's clan lineage. Um, so they, that's where they migrated and, and that's where I was, where I was raised. Um, after being born, um, my parents, my grandparents 
both on my maternal side and my paternal side had a huge um, partaking in our upbringing. So we did a lot of visitations in the Dinebito area, um, small little parts and places, um, places like they called in Navajo, Setsusa'an, all the way down to um, Blue Canyon into um, Red Lake or Tanalia area. Um, and then coming up through to the city, Howell Mesa. Um, so that's kind of where we, you know, herded our sheep, gathered the cattle, planted corn. Um, our grandmothers, our extended relatives all lived in that region when I was growing up. Um, for a while, we were able to kind of go back and forth, but, um, you know, my, my siblings and I, we, we had that opportunity to be raised in Tupa City, going to a public school and, and you know, going to and from home to do that. So so that's where I'm from and who I am. Mm. Nijoniat, beautiful. Thank you so much. I can't. So thank you for also breaking down the clan, uh, you know, because we have listeners who are not um, from the Dine Nation or, you know, speak fluently. And so jokingly I can't hit her up for anything because we're not real <laughs> we're not related clan wise uh usually if someone is is clan wise related I'll tease them I'm like where's my leg a mutton leg or or whatever <laughs> so um so thank you for that and you know it just makes me think about uh, you know the importance of that in terms of relationships you know in our communities and in our native communities in having that as a foundation and really identifying, I usually tell people it's sort of like a biosocial, you know, geno history when you tell the clan, cause it, you mm -hmm. can really dive in to understand characteristics where the clan is from. I mean, there's just so much to mine about the relationship of, um, your clan, mm -hmm. your clan. So thank you for telling us, uh, your clans. And also, and I wasn't aware of the one that you were talking about. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, that doesn't sound familiar. And also just sort of the, yeah. the history of relocation. You know, uh, I think a lot of folks don't really understand um, that history and how that has affected also family dynamics, uh, which I think is... It definitely has effects. It does affect family dynamics and the, our original, I guess, ways of which we were we were um, to live um, just, just was um, disrupted. And, um, you know, from that, you know, in, in Western language, I guess it's referred to as policies and regulations and laws, and and this is the this is just some of the outcome of it, and and we're living that to this day. Um, and back to clans, I do agree fullheartedly with with how you described it, and it's really important because as Indigenous people or Native Americans or American Indians, however we want to identify ourselves. Um, you know, we're very descriptive. And so, yeah, sometimes our introductions are quite lengthy. Um, but it's also paying much respect to, to those we connect with. Um, they have an idea of who we are, where we're from, and they have that visual. Um, it's definitely to, at least in my, my own upbringing, you know, our, our elders, um, I always make an effort to make sure that they know who I am and where I come from. 
Yeah. It, it, and it, when you were talking, it just also made me think about, you know, the reason why I wanted you to come on is to really sort of talk about like, you know, finding our center and, you know, this whole about what health means, what does that look like and finding this right balance and, and love. Like it's been, it's so different when we think about our, our, our relatives, our aunt, our grandparents, our great grandparents, how life was back then. It was a different pace and there was different kind of distractions, but there was all these things that they modeled, you know, they modeled, um, you know, what balance looked like. They modeled what healthy looks like. They didn't say this is a healthy way, you know, and, and to some degree they did, they, they would say that, but I'll just kind of tee up with, I, I love for you to talk about, you know, share sort of how that was modeled in a, in a very sort of traditional way from your relatives, but one, and, and I'm teeing it up with the, the, um, clan is, you know, we're always teasing and part of health is laughing and make fun of your, you know, make fun of yourself in a, in a derogatory way, but it's about lightheartedness and to kind of release that. Like, you know, I know there's probably science behind that, right? To release, release some chemicals mm -hmm. and you're laughing, but the clan is, you know, obviously to connect and know, oh, that is my mother. And, and there's a different way to connect with them and respect them and even have conversation with them, but also, you know, teasing, you know, uh, a person that may be younger than you that might end up being your, um, you know, your grandpa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah. So there's that teasing. That's why I was saying there's this, um, un undersurface teasing that is part of this, the culture to, to do that and, and to be healthy in that way. So, uh, yeah, I would love for you to, to just kind of comment on that, but also just to share a little bit about, you know, how that was influenced and modeled for you um, from your relatives. Yeah, I, I think that the topic of teasing um, that really stuck out as you were kind of talking about that, um, it's, it's a reference, I think, today and practice different today than it used to be. Um, and I think one of the things it has translated to sometimes and at times is, is that it's translated or it's begun to be practiced in a much more hurtful manner sometimes. And, and that practice and that behavior sometimes can be um, cross-lateral violence or could be labeled as bullying. And so we have to be very careful and step back reflect back on um, what is called today in terms the social rules of conduct. Mm. Um, it sounds very complicated, mm -hmm. but in American Indian tribes and indigenous peoples of the world everywhere, we have our systems and the social rules of conduct that we kind of grew up in. Um, for example, an uncle, um, you would never tease an uncle. An uncle, um, um, so for, for example, for me, my mother's brothers, our uncles, we hide them. We, we hold them at a high level, and um, they're kind of the um, individuals who would offer guidance, um, that talk when it's necessary, or discipline. And um, so I would tease an uncle, okay? Mm -hmm. Or um, 
how you address and how you speak to maybe your in-law, um, whether it's your mother-in-law or your father-in-law. Um, you know, how you, you address somebody is really, really important. So we, we are, we, we, as people, we, societies or in our cultures, there, there's these social, what we call social rules of conduct. And so when we begin to reflect back, and if we don't know it, we should ask, you know, um, within our own tribes and ask, you know, how is it that we could, who can we teach? And um, for me, it would be my clan relatives. Okay. So um, I, that's why it's really important to know your clans. Um, know, um, knowing when and where and how and how much, what the dose should be um, is also really important kind of and you learn that through your um, family your gathering um, whether it's for social gathering whether it's for ceremonial purposes or um, what have you okay so you know when we're talking about teasing I, I think um, I think that's another topic that's evolving and I should I think it's it's really important to begin to kind of think from a broad public health perspective that, you know, yes, we do things that, that should elevate our sense of well-being, laughter, and all of that, and, and, and when it's used properly. Um, but when we begin to go overboard, you can actually hurt yourself or others, and that's where that um, unhealthy state can come on board for yourself and others around you. Um, so that, that's one way that those are some things to consider when we're talking about um, that particular topic. Um, the other thing is that um, when we're talking about self-care, um, it's, you know, health is defined differently by everybody. Every, every individual has their own definition of what health is. Um, for me, it's really important that my thoughts are aligned, um, and and they're they're um, balanced with with what I'm about to say. My words, um, my physical health is important. Being mindful, um, I think compassionate, um, having the qualities of of being giving and being compassionate is also important. Kind. The other two things, and, and this may not be a part of other people's, you know, definition of self-care and importance is planning, um, you know, having plans, having intentions. And, um, you know, I, I think sometimes I, be, I, become, I become a little bit too driven at times when we're talking about planning and looking ahead. But when, it's really important to be aware of where you're currently at. What do you want to do and how do you want to accomplish things, whether it relates to your health, your career, education, your family, or anything that really is important to you? Um, when all of these things are in check and um, it, 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 it can come together for you. And, and it's not to say that I'm there. I think um, every day in our lives as we age and we continue in this journey, um, it's something we, we learn about every single day for ourselves. So I, you know, I wish I had one clear cut answer for you. Um, 
the one thing I think that points to these things for me and who's influenced me to kind of, I guess, who modeled this for me are um, growing up, there were always women from my own community or extended relatives in my communities and men and women where you see them. And um, I, I remember a couple of women from growing up when I was probably in my early teens I remember showing up, there was a ceremony going on. Multiple clan families had come and arrived. And um, everybody was doing their part, partaking, contributing, um, cooking. And, I, and I, I always used to see a couple of women. They happened to be, I think, in-laws to my paternal grandmother and grand, grandfather clan. And um, these women... They had long black hair, but they always had it nicely put into a bun and slim, strong. Um, it, it could be hot summer day, but they were hard working women. And I always admired that. And they held themselves up um, to a degree and a level where, where, um, you know, it wasn't, it didn't come across as arrogance or anything like that. It came out very beautiful. They were so graceful. And I always thought, wow, you know, um, what beautiful people. And um, same thing with the men. They were always working. Um, and I admired that. I also have women, my aunt, my mother, my grandmothers, my aunties, both sides of the father, maternal side, and um, my maternal side. Um, and and um, I remember I, you know, I even had an opportunity to have um, my great grandmother on my paternal side, um, who who lived many many years and with us, and um, she was always herding sheep in her. 80s <laughs> and there was no stopping her um she was very determined she loved her livestock she was committed to it and she was also very committed to her um her nephew which was my paternal grandfather and you could see that and you could see her contributions her advice and her guidance to the whole family all the way down to us to the great grandkids and these women from both sides, I always saw them preparing food, harvesting. So one of the things also is, is is that we had an opportunity as family and our clan and then our neighboring families would um, plant. And during harvest time, we would all come together. And for some reason, I remember um, in my mother's, one of her, she has two homes in her older house. There was a little front area. Our grandmothers would show up with knives, sharp and ready to go to work to um, work on the corn. Um, we would cut the ends of it and make corn husks um, to, to make maybe the blue corn tamales in Navajo. They're called that. Um, 
or isatakoa, which is the meal down bread made with corn and usually baked in, in the oven, in the earth oven. Um, and so, you know, it, that was a sight to see. They always had, um, they laughed, of course, and of course, mm-hmm. they happened to their granddaughters. Um, a lot of teaching and a lot of, um, you know, good intentions um, about carrying on some of the practices and customs. And so it was always, that's one of my, I think, childhood memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because of, of, you know, um, we talked earlier about how, like, relocation has affected many of us. Some of those practices have, have, have you know, diminished slowly. And, um, I mean, we still plant corn here and there, but it's not as much as we used to. So times have really changed and our approaches have changed. So those are some examples of things that I've seen in my early childhood um, growing up and, and being able to partake in and see and be a part of. And, it was, and it's something you reflect back on. And I think those are important learning about food, um, plants, mm-hmm. the herbs, and the purpose, the rationale behind them, the use of them, is when you use them. So, but I, and then most recently to, um, just recently with, with my own career, mm-hmm. education, and journey, you know, I've met a lot of great people and, and um, career-wise where they've really um, shared their own stories, their journeys, and, and how they take care of themselves, too. And, and so, I, you know, I'm made up of a lot of people, mm. and I'm grateful for that. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. That's a, that's a nice bumper sticker there, <laughs> our T-shirt. You know, that we're, we are. We're all made up of many people, and... I, I just, you know, there's so much that you said that I would love to just dive in. I love how you teed this up by, you know, first of all, how we define health is all different for everyone. It's different. And it made me think mm-hmm. about, you know, because we all have, um, our foundations are all different. You know, our starting point is a little different. And and what we know is all at different different places, right? And um, so, right. so that's why it's defined differently for all of us and, and sort of our desires of wh- where we want that to be, which I think you know, the planning piece that you've talked about was really important. And it's funny because I feel like when I, when I'm working with folks, you know, there's certain things that they feel like, well, that's not a native thing. Oh my gosh. We are like master planners. If you think about it traditionally and, you know, ancestrally, <laughs> like the old way they had to plan in order to survive, you know? And so yeah. and they were great visionaries too. And, you know, um, I was just sharing earlier today on a, on a call with some women about, uh, my grandmother who uh, was a weaver and <laughs> I would ask her, how do you come up with these designs? You know, I was like, and then she was, to, you know, I was telling her that I want to learn how to weave. And then I remember coming back like, Grandma, these are my sketches in a sketchbook. And, you know, I'm sure she probably laughed, but she, you know, she was like, they just come to me, you know, like when I'm outside, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm herding sheep, when I'm with the sheep, she says, I talk to the sheep and I tell them, you know, help me think of a new design, you know, so it's like she's in this visioning state. Um, so my point in that is like the planning and, you know, how we define that. And I love what you said about, 
you know, for you, as you're sharing is it's about your thoughts are aligned with sort of your words and how you come out of that. I, I just, I'm like, wow. And that takes, that takes mm-hmm. um, intention, right? It takes intention. Uh, uh, on mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that you said, I, I, you know, in terms of like, you know, self-care being modeled by the women that we know are, are, you know, our aunties and our grandmothers is just how they really showed up. You know, you, you admired what you, you saw. And I always remember, um, even like, uh, and maybe your grandmother and your, your, one of your aunties has said, but you know, my, my grandmother would always get up really early. She had a certain practice, you know, get up, you know, go out and pray. Right. And, do, do your, your, however, whatever that may be for folks, but she would go out and do her offerings. Then she'd come in and then right. she'd wash up, wash her face, brush her hair, you know, yeah. um, get dressed. And, and that even means like, you know, she put on, you know, back then traditionally the women would wear their jewelry. You would know what their jewelry pieces is, the same ring, the same bracelet, the same earrings. Every day they would dress up, you know, and put themselves together yeah. and then eat right? They would eat a meal and before they eat, they would bless themselves with it and talk about how they want mm-hmm. the food to work on them. So they were, mo- they were modeling yeah. from the moment they got up to the time that we went to, to sleep. And, yeah. and so yeah. as you're saying, like some of these things have stuck and some of these things, um, like the, the connection with women, other, I love that, like all these women coming together, connecting, working, helping each other, counseling each other to some degree that you are observing, right? I mean, we need that. And, yeah. you know, we need that. And that's health. You need people to talk about what you're worried about or mm-hmm. how should I do this differently? Um, and so, you know, here, knowing your, your, you know, and that I love what you just said, you know, I'm made up of all these people, how that has carried you to today as a woman today, because you're a mom as well. And modeling that to to your daughter, and you know, your I'm sure you have um, younger um, relatives that you you know talk to in your own way. I'm just thinking, like, how do we transition to um, what do we keep? What do we transition into? How we're living today, and especially now during COVID, it's so different, and um, it's allowing us to slow down in a different way, but also amping up in a different way, and it's causing stress and health issues like even with your eyes you know <laughs> um just right. being tired yeah I'd just love to hear your opinion about sort of this weaving of how things used to be and where we're at now and yeah so I I you know that's a hefty question and I I, I want to be mindful that um that everybody comes from different parts of the world different teachings, different value systems, different beliefs and customs. Um, but at the end of the day, we all want to, to, to have a sense of peace, have a sense of home, have a sense of safety, and be a part of, of, of what's important around us. And so I, when I think about those things, we have to remember something um, in public health, there's something called, it's referred to as protective barriers. And protective barriers are um, things in our lives 
in my life and those from the energy force from indigenous descent um, and all peoples of the world. We have, again, we have our customs, we have ceremonies, we have practices, and we have our oral stories and songs and prayers and such that help our our population, our people stay healthy and well. We That's one of the first and foremost things I, I encourage folks to remember um, because you could you could pull up any recommendation online. You could Google it. You could <laughs> you could go anywhere. Um, it's everywhere, but we don't necessarily sometimes connect to these types of recommendations and mainstream recommendations. And so we have to do we have to stop and self reflect and do an inventory of okay, what is my knowledge base? What does my family know? And who should I connect with? And who should I ask about certain things? And usually in these things, um, there comes this sense, so to speak. You know, there are ways to, to reconnect with yourself and find a sense of balance to, to, to get that to that place of feeling much healthier. Um, so that's really important. I, I also... Um, think it's important to food-wise when we're talking about nutrition that has an, a, a tremendous effect about on on our bodies on how it's going to operate are we putting quality food in our body and um so we individually again individually have to again ask ourselves um what am i capable of producing if i want to go back to my my quote traditional foods um what did my people eat where what are the sources um how can i gain support and then there's lots of resources for that i know all across the country um and all indigenous peoples of the world they're 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 fighting really really hard to maintain and hang on to the importance of, of those foods and recultivate it and reintroduce it and make it a part of our lives it doesn't have to be 24 7 you know it, you can start slow infuse it into your your diet slowly maybe start with breakfast you know start once out of you know pick a meal out of the week and, and focus on that starting slow is really important um so i think those two things we have to think about when we're trying to deal with things today i think we're um we have to be mindful um about when we're talking about covid it's it's such a scary environment for a lot of all of us for a lot of people um you know we we really need to begin to accept the fact that we have it's time for change um change is hard um the way we live the way we work, the way we educate ourselves, the way we go to school, it has really dramatically has, um, changed everyone's life. And so that change, change is difficult for people. And I think that when we begin to um, educate people, educate ourselves about what is COVID and how do I prevent this um, from coming to me and affecting my family, Education is really important. Um, 
what is it and how do I present it and what are some measures I can take personally? Taking that responsibility. It's really hard for change, like I said, but one of the theories out there is something called the cognitive behavioral approach, which means that you first learn about it, then follow up with that with behavior changes. For example, I'm going to learn about hand washing. Hand washing is critical and important. It will kill germs if I wash my hand 20 seconds or more. And if I continuously do that, it will become a habit. In turn, then we've changed your behavior around hand, you know, your thought and your process and your behavior around hand, hand washing. So that's an example. When we, when we educate, which is the cognitive part, we begin to first understand it. And then we change our behavior. So that's an example of a cognitive behavioral approach. I think it's also important for those of us who work in industries where we have impact on policies, um, systems, and then environmentally we can do an impact on change when we're talking on a broader, bigger population change um, approach. First starts individually, but then when we turn and we go back to work and we work in our different industries, um, we have to look at our policies. How are we going to support our employees coming back to work um, around COVID and make sure that there's, there's um, you know, mitigations and um, procedures set in place so that, you know, our employees are safe? And how do we ensure our system, our business is, 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 is safe as well? And then moving on environmentally, when our patients, for example, hospital, our patients, our clients walk out in and out of this facility and they go home, what we teach them and what we share with them, how do they infuse that into their world and um, being able to feel supported even outside of that hospital wall. So that's what we mean by PSE policy systems and environmental change approaches on a much more broader level. I think the last important thing is is for now, right here, right now, is utilizing our own effective teaching um, and, and honing in sort of from those oral histories, the customs, your ceremonies, your songs and stories to um, regain, I guess, a sense of a, a, a feeling or a level of like some control because everything feels out of control right now. But when we sit down and we remember some of these simple teachings, it, it reminds us and brings us back into a sense of center. And it reveals that guidance at that level. And when we begin to do that individually, we, we um, our families see that just like just like for the example I use the women around me growing up how strong they were how dedicated they were how were they how they were so disciplined how well put together they were and how hard they worked and they you know fed and they produced and they harvested all the food to help you know feed and um that's stuff binding now if we take individual responsibility and, and share that and emulate that. We hope that others can also do that around us. And that's something we could do right away with our family. That's a lot um, I've shared, but I hope that answers your question. 
No, it, it is a lot and in, in a good way and sort of breaking down even some of the language that we hear and simple things and how to start to shift um, changes. And as you're talking about individual responsibility, it, it also made me think about, um, you know, the conversations that our, our um, relatives would say when, you know, when we're departing, like going back home before COVID, they, you know, we eat and go back home. You know, the elders would um, give some time to really sort of message to us about, you know, our own responsibility for ourselves, you know, you know, our Mm -hmm. mind. And, you know, they I could hear my grandmother saying, take care of yourself, you know, take care of your mind, take care of your body and, you know, take care of your children. Like, you know, it's like a, a, a list, a checklist of things um it sounds straightforward but as we all know to practice those sort of behavior changes and activities uh, it's it's hard it really is yeah it's hard to do you know when i i thought about that um a while back i was working on a project and we were talking about actually navajo philosophy about balance about about beauty. And um, one of the things that came up in our group discussion was that um, it was an older gentleman I um, who was a part of this group discussion who had said, you know, one way to look at this is, and, and it doesn't make it even hard, is, is, is to step back and realize that you as a person, you as a human being, are only one aspect, one part of the universe. And so you, when we're given life, that we have to take that responsibility to make sure that we um, take care of ourselves, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, um, and, you know, even how we exist and how we exist with our counterparts in the universe, in the world. Um, meaning the land, the water, the air, um, the stars, the moon, the sun, the you know the sky, the clouds, the rain, um, the animals, our vegetation, and things like that. So when we begin to take care of ourselves and be mindful and, and make sure we do that, you if you can imagine, you put yourself back into that bigger picture, the bigger universe. You want you're taking part responsibly. You're doing your part, so that's why um, he had that was his explanation, a way of explaining how it's important for us to be in balance, so that when we are interacting with other aspects of the world, the universe, it it it, it'll come back. So that was that was a nice way of. putting it as well and I really appreciated that that type of um, um, explanation from him. Yeah, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it makes it uh, it when as I was listening to you, it made me even think about some uh, sort of choices and actions I'm taking. It's like a ripple effect, right? So if I mm-hmm. want to take responsibility and if I want to shift in a way where it comes back to me positively, like, you know, cause it's all interconnected as you know, everything is interconnected, right. As, as those gentlemen saying, 
I do my little part, right. you know, do my little nudge to help the universe. <laughs> it's a ripple effect. And um, it makes it, it feels like it almost makes it a little lighter in comparison to the whole universe that's around us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know that we could go on and on and on uh, with our conversation because this is just like, I feel like we're just scratching the surface on this topic. You know, you've um, really have shared some real teachings about what I appreciated um, really is how you really are kind of allowing folks to sort of define what these things mean to them. One thing is what I'm really walking away from. And the other thing is that we know, like innately, we know, we know what we need to to do for self-care, you know, people talk about self-care a lot lately and, um, and the way you're, the way you've kind of framing it is really kind of like, we know, uh, innately what that means, what that feels like. And, you know, what could that look like if we were to really start to shift and do our part in this grander scheme of the universe? So like that going to say that, we could go on and on with this this topic and talk more deeply in mind, body, spirit, you know, relationships. So I'd love for you to just kind of have an opportunity to share with folks sort of like maybe sort of best tips or things that they're thinking about as they um, go back out, out of listening to our sessions, going back out to how they can do that from... I know you've sh- you've shed things throughout our conversation, but what else do you want to leave with our listeners before we we close out? I think for our listeners, it's really important to first define for yourself what is health. Um, explore it. Ask yourself, you know, um, what is it that you're trying to reach? What goal you're trying to set? Um, because everyone is so different and um, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different, um, you know, cultural teachings, customs and ceremonies, songs, prayers. We, we have also integrated um, Western practices as well and knowledge. And so, you know, the next step, of course, by being able to take reference or take your, um, uh, write down all your resources, what is available to you. Um, not everyone will have uh, a grandmother or an auntie or, um, you know, relative that could remember some of these things. And, and that's the day we live in, and it's not no one's fault. Um, it's, it's just part of how life has unfortunately unfolded for some of us and that's okay. Um, but those two things I think are really important to first ask yourself what, how, what is health to me and how do I want to reach that certain goal I've set for myself? Um, number two, what are, what are my resources? What do I have available to me? And I think finally by that time when you kind of go through those two questions, you'll derive to, okay, this is where I want to be. Um, for me, um, you know, I, my life can get hectic 
very quickly, very fast, um, fast paced. Um, whether I'm in COVID or not, um, you know, I, I, I'm a consultant, so I, I have lots of things coming at me um, at any time of the day. And so one thing that has been helpful for me is um, meditation and prayer. Um, and so I've actually taken um, a meditation, um, I guess, uh, sessions. I, I just put put my earbuds in and and um, take the time to do it and learn it and self taught so to speak. But then when I really get back and look at what am I doing, I'm actually praying, and so um, that's really important as well. Taking the time, taking our time during prayer to do the deep breathing and. Um, not just go out early in the morning, put your cornmeal down. Okay, I prayed, I'm done, I'm going in. No, <laughs> having some thought around what your intentions are going to be, being grateful and, and putting down, um, you know, what for me is white cornmeal early in the morning and just being grateful for to be alive and having the opportunity to have the endless possibilities come. And um, whatever's going to be at hand at that day, that, that is critical. Um, for some, a walk early in the morning is a prayer. Okay? Um, there's lots of things folks can do. Um, set your mind to that one thing. And they say it takes about four to six months to change behavior. Um, so pick one healthy activity and integrate it into your world, into your life. Practice it consistently and um, infuse it into your world. And um, it, it becomes a natural habit. And then pretty soon you're just doing it naturally. So that's what I would recommend. Um, there's, there's just so much going on in the world. But it's, it's also just as important to make some time for yourself. you got to center yourself. I, I think that's one recommendation I would give. The other thing is to be in the moment. Be present. Have intentions and focus on what you're currently doing now. Um, and then start your next um, activity. And then um, create um, a sense of balance where you're going to gauge that. No one else can determine that. What feels healthy? What is What feels balanced to you? Okay. So that's one thing I would also recommend. Those are all great tips, really, they are, and I cannot uh, highlight enough, underscore enough, bold enough, and emphasize enough uh, the whole, uh, you know, being present in the meditation, and I love how you're encouraging folks to pick one, just pick one thing um, once they've sort of defined what healthy is, and map out resources, and then you know, pick one thing and try it for four months and see what happens. Even if it's, you know, drinking more water, you know, or uh, whatever that mm -hmm. is. Um, I just think that is, it's really important. And I want to just say, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom and sharing those beautiful stories of your relatives and um, 
just really offering so much for folks to sit with. I really um, am just in complete gratitude of having you be here and look forward to a time, you know, when COVID's over that we get to see each other and hug each other and, and have coffee or, or whatever as we're connecting again. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me.